Lancaster, California, Thursday, November 27th, 1980. The high desert's cool evening breezes lied. They promised peace, not violent death for a woman and two small children. The air was crisp and chill, circling an eye of calm seventy miles north of a swirling urban chaos called Los Angeles. It was an evening for gentle fires, for the slow, warm digestion of turkey, dressing, cranberry sauce, and homemade biscuits, and beyond that sweet satation, for contemplation of a greater holiday soon to come. Distantly, cars rumbled on Highway 14, heading south to Canyon Country or north to Tiapachi. Somewhere up in the foothills, a coyote yipped for its mate and a chorus of German shepherds and retrievers answered. Vista del Mar was a middle-class neighborhood. Its neat rows of prefab Calmex ranch-style houses resembled egg cartons stapled together for a grade school Cinco de Mayo celebration. Every thirty feet, the shadows along the avenue were broken by sodium arc street lamps. Yellow-white pools of light washed together in overlapping tides. Vista del Mar terminated in a palm-tree-shadowed cul-de-sac. Bicycles splayed carelessly across manicured lawns. Plastic guns and dolls lay in untidy heaps on porches. The local children knew each other and each other's toys well enough to discourage petty theft. A stretch for brownish grass and bushes separated one house from the others. Its walls were faux adobe, its roof low and tiled with overlapping clay ringlets. The porch light was dimmed, but the living room lights blazed brightly. Three human shapes emerged from the shadowed bushes, male shapes. They slid through the night, ghosted across the lawn, approached the house closely enough to hear the television playing inside. The men paused, communicating only with brief, fluttery hand gestures. They moved stealthily, paused, listened, scurried closer, slipped back into shadows. One paused at a side window. He raised a small tinted mirror at the end of a telescoping wand and squinted at the reflecting image. The bedroom was a typical little girl's, crowded with bunk beds, clothes, chests, and posters for Barbie's latest adventures. Toys and dolls and crumpled dresses littered the floor. A girl with pale red hair slept in a canopied bed. Her name was Delilah Tucker, Dolly to her family. Her skin was as fine as porcelain. Tears shimmered jewel-like at the tips of her long, thin lashes. One thumb was thrust deeply into her rose-petal mouth. Her perfect face clenched in a frown, as if gripped by a nightmare. Her eyelids fluttered without opening, and two whispered words fell from her lips like stones. They're coming. Major Austin Tucker drained his bottle of anchor porter and glanced toward the kitchen. Just visible was the yellow plastic trash can. Within it, six dead soldiers already lay at rest. He pitched the bottle over his shoulder. He didn't need to watch. He instinctively knew the precise trajectory it would travel. Tucker closed his eyes and visualized its lazy spin, heard it crash-tinkle home. Two points, he said.
engulfed by a warm and rosy glow of satisfaction. Austin Tucker was an enormous man, wiry, sporting a heavy red beard worthy of a Viking. He stood over six foot three and possessed the shoulders and arms of a professional athlete. His face was lean and leathery and sometimes gave the impression that his skull was too big for his skin. When in peak condition, his facial skin stretched tight. In the wrong light or mood, his high forehead and jutting cheekbones suggested the way he might look a month after his own death.